Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Jeff Bitten on the Rider Flex podcast. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I love the I love the haircut. Uh, obviously, we uh, we do the same thing now. Is that razor? Is that a razor? Or is that all the way down? Or what is that? It's all the way down. It's like every every three days is generally when I I pick it. So okay, three days. What about you? Um, I I'm not doing the razor. I just do the no guard. Yeah about once a week or so, but, uh, yeah. my partner, my partner, he's a razor guy. I just never yeah. have, I haven't gotten brave enough to do it. I don't know how you, you don't cut yourself. Is it, is it, uh, no, I, I was nervous about that at the beginning, but you just put shaving cream all over and it just glides right over it and shaves it all off. It's not that big of a deal. Not that now when, how old were you when you were like, okay, it, I'm done. It's, it's fallen out. It's receded far enough. I'm just going to whack it off. When was that? I remember, so I was actually serving a mission for my church um, and when I was 21, and I started, that's when I started to notice a little bit of my hair receding. And I'm like, oh no, I got to get married quick. <laughs> but then, um, but then uh, I, I officially, like it, it, I needed to start shaving my head about seven or eight years ago. That's when it was like, it's, oh, yeah, okay. it was mostly gone, so. You kind of have that moment, right? Any guy out there listening to this episode, there's always that moment where you, you just a couple of days in a row, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, okay, it, it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's time to just cut the cord. It's done. Tell me yeah. about your, uh, your family life growing up, mom, dad, uh, yeah. siblings. Uh, give me a little early history, if you don't mind. You bet. I, I grew up in a little town in southeast Idaho called McCammon. It's a population. It, when I was growing up, population 722. And I know that because of the sign that was on the entrance to the town. Wow. But um, anyway, great little town. Um, my dad was actually a broker in real estate. He worked in Pocatello. Um, but all of our neighbors were farmers. And so we, me and my brothers, we all grew up uh, moving irrigation pipe on, on farm fields and bucking hay during the summers and moving cattle and that kind of stuff. And um, so we very much grew up on a farm, even though we weren't farmers ourselves. How many brothers? I've got uh, five brothers and two sisters. So there's a total of eight kids in our family and we're all super close. We're all really good friends with each other. Really? still awesome. And parents still alive, still married? Uh, yeah. Yep. My parents have been married for, uh, about going on 50 years, soon to be 50 years. And, uh, my, I've got two of my brothers that work with me in pitch 59, and uh, so we're all really close. They, though we we hang out a lot and we talk a lot and great family. Fifty years of marriages that that's something, man. I mean, you know, it's, that's that's uh, not easy to do. <laughs> no, it's not. They they nailed it. They did a good job. They were great examples for us. So. And and where are they? Are they still. Uh... They they still live in McCammon. They're actually serving a mission down in St. George uh, right now. Um, but then they they leave in or they live in McCammon. Idaho still they've been there for the last almost 40 years so. okay okay so their faith I've heard you mention faith and religion a couple of times that's obviously a big part of your family 
Yeah. Yeah. We were, yeah, we're members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so, uh, yeah, all the boys in our family, we went and served two, two year missions in different countries throughout the world, ranging from Brazil and Costa Rica, Panama, Mexico. I served in Peru for two years. Really? So we all speak Spanish. We're, um, fluent in Spanish and, yeah, it's it's a unique and interesting experience. Whether or not you're a member of our faith, you should go serve a mission for the church. It's pretty cool. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> well, awesome at, at a minimum, if you're a young young kid, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20, whatever, you need to go visit a couple of countries, especially yeah. especially maybe some third world countries where then you come back to the U.S. and you're like, oh, I guess we have it pretty good here. <laughs> yeah, join the military, go join any religion, like like go serve, go help people. And it's it's an amazing experience. You really kind of grow outside of yourself and and see that things are bigger and more important than than yourself. But. No doubt. No doubt. So straight A student, uh, rebel. Did you ever get any trouble? Did you ever, did you ever do anything uh, outside of the, the family rules? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know that I was real rebellious, but I, I wasn't an angel for sure. Um, but no, I wasn't an a, a straight A student. In fact, um, I, I didn't like school. I was one of those kids. I, I was an average B student probably. Um, and then I went to college. I went to BYU, Idaho. It, it was actually Rick's college back then, but then it changed to BYU, Idaho, uh, while I was on my mission. But, um, and I graduated in economics there, but I never, uh, I, I was not the classroom perfect student. I mean, I, I was a daydreamer. I was probably ADD. Just a lot of like I I just wanted to get out and go do stuff and yeah okay that okay. wasn't great there but but you got through you got through school never gotten any trouble yeah. no 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 uh, you didn't have to call your parents from the, the sheriff's office or anything nothing like that never did that nope nope <laughs> was, yeah I never got in trouble that way so <laughs> out of that big family out of all your siblings was there any rebels in there like like no. Yeah, well, no, not not like that, not crazy. Like none of us ever went to jail or or did anything that would embarrass no. family. I mean, cr crazy compared to other members of our faith, sure. <laughs> crazy to, compared to most people on earth, no, absolutely not. So, it's all relative. <laughs> Do you want to mention that sibling's name right now on the podcast or no? I probably no, shouldn't. <laughs> he knows who he is. <laughs> uh, very good. Okay, so. The entrepreneurial. Well, first of all, let, before we get into that, how'd you meet your wife? Then you've been you've been married now for how long? And you also have six children, right? So yeah. that's yep, right. My wife and married? I, yeah, we met uh, at BYU Idaho um, when I was twenty three, and uh, got married in February of two thousand five. Um, she's originally from Orem, Utah. A wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, her dad passed away when she was 14. She's the oldest mm. of four girls in her family. And mm. Mm. Uh, anyway, she was just awesome. I just, from our very first date, I had, I had a feeling that she was the one that I wanted to marry. So um, anyway, uh, here we are 17, eight, it'll, let's see, it'll be 18 years in February that we've been married and um, we've got six kids. My oldest daughter is 16. My youngest daughter is six. And then we have, two boys so we've got four girls and two boys wow okay it's busy at your house it's chaos <laughs> uh i'm assuming your wife stays home she has to i mean so that's that's a full-time job i mean she does except for she's actually going to be starting uh hair school uh at paul mitchell uh really soon that's what been one of her life dreams is she wants to go to hair school and so she's going to be doing that soon and and just accomplishing that and she's she's a trooper she's 
she's gone to school. She's raised kids. She's helped me with all of my companies that we've had. Um, and she's the most patient, wonderful woman on earth. So I'm blessed wow. to have. Now, how'd you meet her? Uh, at service or uh, how'd you meet her? Uh, yeah, it was at service. It was at a, a church. She was in my, we, we call them wards in, in our church. Okay. Um, yeah, she was in my ward. And when she walked in, I'm like, I need oh. to ask her out. And hey, what's your ended name? Up asking her out and that's uh, right. <laughs> Sparks flew and, and, uh, things happened. So, uh, that's good, man. Well, congratulations. Uh, six kids. What'd you say? Six to 16. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you got a couple of, of a couple of teenagers in there. That's always fun. Yeah, uh, actually, um, yeah. Well, I probably shouldn't name any. It's fine. they're great kids. <laughs> a couple of them are a little bit more challenging than the others, but uh, but they're it all always is. It's always yeah. like that. There's always one or two that you're like, okay, this one right here is gonna be hard. To <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I totally understand. We had four, uh, and oh, you did. Yeah, there's uh, there's always there's a couple in there that. Or that were almost no problem at all. Like I just, yeah. you know, yeah. easy, right? And then the couple the others make up for them. And I can, I, I hate to tell you this, but even after they're grown, it kind of stays that way a little bit too. They, uh oh, they're, don't they're tell they're me still, that. Still, <laughs> I was expecting this massive change once they hit eighteen. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, a little bit, Maybe but. Not. Uh, uh, so you, did you always have like that entrepreneurial bug then? Like you said, you were restless kind of in school. You were like, ah, I'm ready to go do something. I mean, were you thinking I'm majoring in economics and that's cool, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to have my own business. So were you thinking that early on? Um, I, well, earlier on, I wanted to be a pediatrician. I thought oh, that really? would be cool. And then while, while I was serving that mission in Peru, I, uh, there were several doctors that came down and did free surgeries for, for Peruvians down there. And they asked us to translate for them. And so I sat in on a few of those surgeries and I'm like, you know what, never mind. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I got back and uh, took an economics. I, I took a bunch of different classes, but economics really piqued my curiosity. Uh, I loved learning and understanding why the economy works and how it works and what the supply and demand uh, relationship is. And anyway, so economics was awesome for me. It was one of those degrees that I, I mean, I never wanted to do accounting. I never wanted to just study numbers or study books. I loved learning about like the, the economy though, and how that works and how that can be adapted and changed and modified and everything. And um, so economics really grabbed my attention, but my dad, he was a broker and could kind of dictate his own schedule years growing up. Uh, he was always able to take family vacations with us, go to our events and activities and stuff. And, I always really appreciated that. And um, anyway, so I, I knew from an earlier age that I wanted to do something along those lines where I could be kind of in control of. And I know that there's that, like a lot of small business owners, they're actually busier. They spend more hours. They've got more headaches and stuff. But I was willing to, to accept that if I could control my own destiny. Understood. And, and let's so, take a um, let's take a pause. Let's take a pause right there. I think that's a really good point for, for aspiring entrepreneurs listening to the show. Yeah, the reality is if you're a business owner or a startup founder, you probably are going to work more overall hours and it probably will be a lot more stressful. But you also have the power to say, my kid's got a soccer game at three and guess what? I'm going to go and I don't have to ask anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just know that I can, I mean, if, if I put in the hours and work really hard, then I can control, I, I, I mean, I can't necessarily control everything, but I can. I can benefit if I, if I 
make that extra effort. So absolutely. So you knew that, all right? So you knew like the schedule and the family life and all that. You're thinking, okay, I want to do something similar. All right. And then what happens while you're in school? What you start doing door to door sales, and then what? Walk me into how you end up doing that. But then you're like, I'm going to start my own cleaning company. Walk me into it. Yeah. A little bit. So my brothers, uh, a few of my other older brothers had done door-to-door sales you know, for pest control uh, while they were going through college and done really well at it. Okay. And so when I got back from my mission, I said, well, I'm going to go do the same thing, make a lot of money and be able to pay for my education that way. And um, so while I was on my mission, my brother and one of his friends started up a pest control company in Southern California. Oh. And so they asked me if I'd be willing and interested to come and sell for them. And so I said, sure. And so I got back from my mission and sold pest control for them. And it was awesome. Um, I mean, the first year I sold a little over 200 accounts for them. And then the second year I sold 300 and some odd accounts. And anyway, it did really well um, selling pest control and just loved that. Uh, once again, that was something that I could go do. I was always a personable person. So I'm, I'm easygoing. I don't, I mean, and having served a mission, I'm, I can face rejection pretty well. And um, anyway, just show up on people's doorsteps, get to know them for a minute, let them get to know me. And then I, I found that the more real and down to earth I was, I wasn't a pushy salesman at all. If you told me no, I'd be off your doorstep within seconds. Like I, I didn't try and persuade you. Otherwise I was more of the type that I was good at finding out if you were interested and if, if, if it was going to go somewhere and if it wasn't, then I'd just take off and thank you for your time. But, um, but if you gave me a hint that you were interested, I, I was pretty confident that I'd walk away with the sale. Okay. I want to pick back up right where you left off here, but I just want to say something for the listeners. One of the best sales guys I ever saw, or at least I say best, the one that had the best results, same thing. I was coming out of college and for about six months, I did door-to-door sales cable. Yeah. And this old guy, he was, well, I say old back then, he was probably 40, right? Yeah. Same exact thing. He's like, look, he's like, look, all that shit they taught you in the class or that little training thing. He's like, forget all that. He's like, you go up, Mrs. Jones, do you need cable? No. Okay, cool. Bam. Next door. Yep. Like, he did not waste a single set. He immediately was like, are you interested? Nope, you're not. Okay, so have a nice day. He was stick and move. Bam, bam, bam. And he would just close them just the same way. Anyway. Yeah. So I can, I can uh, confirm what you're saying for sure. It works. Yeah. There, and, and you don't have to be annoying. Like so many sales reps are really annoying. I've had some that have come to my house and they've been really pushy and tried to get me stuff. And I'm like, Hey, let me give you some tips on this. I'm like, I'm not going to buy first of all, but I want you to know that you're wasting a lot of time here. There's a lot of other people that are going to buy what you have. You're wasting your time with the wrong people. Go and find the people immediately. And like, you'll get to know them if with a couple of quick closings, just find out if they're interested and then work with those people. Those are the ones that are going to end up being customers. And so, Absolutely and then other people, right. other people right. had come to my house and they were just really awesome people. And within the first minute or two, I'm like, let's do it. I, like, <laughs> I want to, I want to support you. And, and they're like, really? Okay, cool. And so I like, right, to, so you're, like to help sort of so you're in Cal, you're in California working with your brother and his partner. You're out, you're living out there. What part of California? It, we were in Riverside. Okay. All right. So you an empire there. All right, you're doing that now. Were you already married at the time? Your wife? You... Uh, no, the first two years that I sold pest control, I wasn't married. Oh, and okay. then the second two years, um, I did it for four years total. Uh, I did right. two years in Riverside and then two years in San Diego. Okay. And I was married for this. Okay, very good. All right. And then what happens? You're like, hey, this is cool. My brother owns his own business. That's awesome. I want to do that too. <laughs> yeah. I Well, one day uh, there was a carpet cleaning company that was cleaning one of the apartments at our apartment complex down there. Mm-hmm. And I watched him do it and I talked to him for a few minutes and I'm like, 
So that's really cool what you're doing. Like I, I was watching the results and I'm like, that's, that's impressive. And I'm like, that would not be hard to do. And up in Rexburg, there's a lot of apartment complexes. And I, I know that I can go door to door and sell. I, I mean, I can sell pest control door to door. I'm pretty sure I could sell carpet cleaning door to door. And so <laughs> did a lot of more research and ended up uh, within uh, the next six months or so, uh, ended up getting a small business loan and uh, bought my first carpet cleaning truck and learned how to clean carpet the day before I did my first job. And um, anyway, and then after that, just started cleaning carpet and did that for 13, I mean, owned carpet cleaning companies for the next 13 years after that. I can just imagine that very first customer, you're like, hey, listen, this is Jones, look, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just, <laughs> I just, I just bought this truck. I just bought this truck. I've never done this before, but give me your business. <laughs> no, you just, all you have to do, do to be a professional is be a hundred miles away from home and carry a briefcase is what I've heard. So <laughs> I, when I got, no, actually the first customer was my mom's, my parents' neighbor. Oh, okay. And so I went and cleaned a carpet and honestly, it didn't look hardly any different than the first when I went in there and I only charged, I think it was 75 bucks just for, uh, for letting me do their, do their carpet and stuff. Then pretty good. We got better and better at, at it. And pretty soon within the six months to a year, we were really good at cleaning carpet. And then you were hiring employees. Now all of a sudden you got employees and pay payroll tax and more trucks and more equipment. Okay. How big did it get? We had three vans, uh, three trucks with that uh, company in Idaho. And then, so I ran that one for nine years. And then um, my brother had started up a carpet cleaning company the year after I did, but he was down in Fresno, California. Okay. And uh, so after nine years, he came to me and asked if I'd be interested in buying out his carpet cleaning company. And we made the numbers work on that. And I bought that out. He had five trucks down there. Mm. And um, it went awesome. Like, I, I think I put 30,000 down on his company and within the first uh, year, I'd already made 80,000 from that. How about that? Off of that How company. About that? Wow. And now and you so, got, two, now you got two businesses off and well, were yeah. you running it as two different LLCs or how'd you do that? Did you run it as? Yeah, they were, they were two separate LLCs, but we had one central office that was answering the calls and, and taking care of stuff. And I had asked my manager in Idaho to go down to Fresno and run that one for me. And he did, he was awesome. And then, um, after buying that one and running it for the first eight, 10 months, we're like, dude, if we did, we could just go buy out other carpet cleaning companies, yep. kind of bring them into the fold and just yep. start. Yep. So we found a company in Houston, Texas uh, called, uh, well, I won't tell you what it's called, but it's a cleaning and restoration company down there that we ended up buying out. Okay. And uh, I'll, this is the one that is actually the, the uh, catalyst for pitch 59, which okay. was a negative story. Right. Um but anyway, we took over that company right after Hurricane Harvey. Most of that company did, uh, most of their revenue was restoration revenue. It wasn't okay. carpet cleaning and, re and rug cleaning and stuff. All right. Anyway, um, but after Hurricane Harvey, insurance companies changed the way that they gave out third-party vendor claims. Instead of going through those third-party vendors that gave out claims to small companies like us, they started partnering with direct companies and left a lot of us little guys out in the cold. And so we lost a lot of our revenue. We were losing a lot of money every month. And that's where the idea for pitch 59 came in is we were spending a lot of money on all these marketing platforms, uh, trying to get leads and, and people to click on our, our links. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, those door to door sales days were awesome. Like, but the reason that those people, like I was trying to figure out what the difference, we were spending lots of money on Google and Yelp and home advisor and thumbtack and Angie's list. Yet uh, when I was a door to door salesman, all I had was a clipboard and a t-shirt and those people were hiring me a lot more often than the people on online 
And I'm like, I didn't have any reviews, any, all that kind of stuff when I was on the doors. And yet those people hired me. And that's when it hit me. I'm like, people hire people that they know, like, and trust. They were hiring me. They weren't hiring the company. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't matter what logo was on my shirt. I could still sell it. And I, that's when I, I'm like, we're doing this wrong. Like consumers are going on to all these marketing platforms, trying to find a carpet cleaner or plumber or doctor, whatever it is. And what they're getting is a biased list of results where the companies that pay the most are getting bumped up to the top. And those are the ones that are getting recommended by all these platforms versus us little guys that were had phenomenal services, but we were oftentimes buried on the bottom of the first or second or third pages back because we can't afford to compete dollar for dollar with the big guys. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this. Like, I wish everybody could just come to life and talk to these people for just a minute and let them know who we were, who we are as human beings and let them make a more educated decision about who they want to use. And that's where the idea for Pitch 59 came. I see. Now, okay, before we get into Pitch 59, when you bought the Houston place or the, it was Houston, right? Yeah. When you bought uh -huh. the Houston place, did you still have the other two running? The yeah. other two? Okay. But the Houston one now is draining cash from, from the whole enterprise, basically. Yeah, it was bringing everything down. It was really, it was, it, that was a terrible year. 2018 was the toughest year with, with those companies. It was okay. just bringing everything down with it. And Okay. Anyway. And then so, 2020 is when you is when you launched Pitch 59. 2019 is when we started working on Pitch. January 2019. So I had the idea in December of 2018. Talked to a handful of people. Uh, January of 2019, formed an uh, C corporation. Um, did a lot of study, a lot of research on tech. I, I mean, I, I was a carpet cleaner and door to door salesman. I'm yeah, not a tech. Yeah, yeah right. And you can't code. So, you're not right. You're not writing code. <laughs> yeah, but I but I, I, I am business and I, I love business. And so I knew that the from the business side, I think I could make this work if we can get the, the product there. And so I, I had a whole bunch of drawings on papers, I went and found a development company in Houston went and laid them out on their tables in front of them, said, Can you build this? Is this possible? And after a discussion for about an hour, they're like, Yeah, we think that we can build this now. And uh, anyway, I said, How much is it going to cost? And I'd been spending like five to $10,000 on or, or less on websites for my cleaning companies. And so I'm thinking, oh, maybe they'll last for like 20 or 30,000 or something like that. And, or, or 10 to 20,000, something like that. And they said, well, why don't we get started with 30,000? Like, get 30, started. Get started. And <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, well, I've got 15,000 on a credit card. My brother promised that he would invest some in it. And I'm like, how about I give you a 15,000 right down right now? And then I'll come up with the other money. And they're like, okay. And so we did, we started. And then over the next uh, few months, we started, I just reached out to friends and family, told them what we were doing, showed them what we were building. And they, I, we were starting to get investments in from friends and family oh, members. Okay. okay. All right. And, and what, uh, how about the other businesses, the cleaning businesses at that point? Those companies, I was just, I just left them on kind of autopilot. I asked my managers to just kind of run them. Don't just make sure that they don't die. But I, like we, they were, they were just essentially feeding this, this company in Houston. Okay. And, but I didn't, we weren't trying to grow them or anything. We were just trying to not die at that point. Not, okay. Got you. You're hanging on with those. Okay. Got it. Then you got some friends and family investments. Okay. You're off and running. And then how long did it take to get the tech, but the tech stack or whatever they call it, how long did it take to get built where it was usable? Oh man, it a lot longer than it should have taken, but <laughs> it's because like, it would, it's not like we had a model that we could go after. We couldn't look at any particular company and say, let's do what they're doing, but do it better. Mm -hmm. Like we were building out this entire new platform and this almost this new space. And we were having to figure out solutions to a lot of problems that we didn't know about beforehand. And so 
um, it took us three and a half years. We we finally launched in April, officially launched in April of this year. We did several soft launches and kind of beta launches to get feedback from customers and stuff, but we officially launched in April of this year. So it was about three and a half years. Three and a half years to get Pitch 59 up and running. Meanwhile, you're still running your other LLCs. Those are still surviving during this time, kind of well, supporting- I- I sold the two profitable carpet cleaning companies two years ago, and then we just shut down the other Houston company that was just draining us. And I so, see. I see. So, so we, got, we had I see. kept those yep. going for about a year and a half while we were building it. Then pulled some cash out of the two that were making money, closed down the one that was losing money, and now you're off and running. Now you're like, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in with Pitch 59 at, the, at that point. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, I, you, I've actually you, been working on this full time for the last three and a half years. Like I've been doing it full time since January. In fact, my managers would very much agree to their disdain that I was full time on this that whole time, too. I just I, I knew that this was the future. This is what we needed to do. And so. OK. Meanwhile, now you're running this company down in Houston an Idaho boy in Houston. I mean, Houston's not my favorite place. But I don't know. I'm not, not, I'm not a dog in Houston. Houston. Oh, oh you're, are you a huge You're a huge fan now. I okay. love it. You like yeah. it? Do you? Okay. All right. the, the people are a lot like Idahoans, as weird as that may say, it may sound. Um, they're just down to earth, nice, good people for the most part. Um, and we, we really liked Houston. Yeah. Okay. I know All everybody right. has their own preferences. So. <laughs> July and August, you could skip those though. As long as you work inside, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, pitch 59. Uh, by the way, for the listeners, pitch59.com. Pitch five, pitch the number five, the number nine.com. Give us the overview, Jeff. Um, pitch it to us. Go for it. So, Pitch 59 is a referral networking and introduction platform that allows people to come to life and deliver their 59 second elevator pitch. And so, um, if it's easier, I can actually jump. I know for those on the podcast, yeah. they won't be able to see it, but I can at least show it to you and um, show you. Yeah, for the. For the listeners, by the way, this will also be on our YouTube channel, so you can go there and see the visuals for this for sure. Yes. Um, all right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'll pull it up here. But essentially, at Pitch Fifty Nine, we do these things called pitch cards. They allow you to come to life and introduce yourself for fifty nine seconds, who you are, what's unique and different about you, and why people might want to consider using your services. On your pitch card, you've got your fifty nine second elevator pitch. By the way, we cap every pitch at fifty nine seconds. That's why it's why? Pitch Fifty Nine. Why? Because we tried it at 30 seconds. 30 seconds was too short to get across a meaningful message. Uh, anything over a minute was just too long. And so we decided to be unique and just say, let's cap it at 59 seconds. And everybody pitches for 59 seconds or less. Okay, got it. All right. Um, um, and then on these pitch cards, it's also got like your video testimonial. So everybody can come to life and vouch for you in person up to 29 seconds long right there. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. So er everything on Pitch59 is real. There's no fake anonymous stuff. There's no mass spamming platform. Like everything is legitimate, like real people talking for less than a minute or less than 30 seconds. I see. And uh, so you, if I, so this, so let's take Riderflex, my recruiting firm. So yeah. Scott, my co-founder, he's the main biz dev guy. He could put his pitch uh in a video like this this pitch card he can create a pitch card yeah. and then what does the pitch card talk to me about how it works does it get sent as a link or how, how does the the end user see it yeah 
Yes. So before I do that, Steve, I probably ought to show you like on the contact button here. Okay. It's got all the ways that people can get in touch with you. They can schedule appointments. They can request that you contact them. They can call or email you. They can get directions. They can also just add you and their pitch card to their contacts right there. So if I tap add to contacts, it'll add that person to my contacts with their pitch card. Love it. Love it. Okay, so you don't have that. to have the app or a, a pitch 59 account or anything for these to work. And then it's got like social media links, website, all that kind of stuff. You can link onto your pitch card. You can put any attachments or photos, files, documents there. Mm. And then the way that these work is you just grab a pitch card and you swipe up and you can share it with anybody in the world through text or email or LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. Every pitch card also has its own unique QR code. So if anybody scans that, my pitch card will just pop right up on their phone. They don't have to do anything else. They don't have to log in or download anything. It'll just pop right up there on their phone. And it's a completely functional uh, pitch card right there where they, how can does, it, they can contact and everything. Okay. How do the contacts get in there? It, it connects to your contacts on your phone, basically, and this links all links together? Yeah. So you can do it a couple of different ways. With your own pitch card, you can send it, you can link it to your contacts and you can send it out to all of your contacts right there if you'd like uh, to do it that way. But okay. the purpose of Pitch 59 is for other people to introduce you and share you to other people. And so. Oh. So what I would do essentially, Steve, here is I'd say, I'll tell you what, here's my pitch card. Would you mind just sharing me or introducing me to uh, your partner that would be interested in, in this or to another neighbor or friend or somebody, a coworker or somebody that might be interested in what we do? I see. So it's great for referral relationships then where we have, right? Okay. That's, uh -huh. that's essentially what Pitch 59 is built for right now. There's a couple of other things that are coming out that you'll find interesting, but I'll, I'll, I'll show you that in just a second. There's a couple of other tools here, though. So you can swipe up on a pitch card and, and share it with people. You can also swipe down and put pitch cards in your pockets. Mm. And pockets mm. are like a, a Rolodex. It's a way to keep all of your pitch cards organized. So when I go to my pockets page down there at the bottom, mm -hmm. it has all of these pockets. Like I've got attorneys and lawyers and home furnishings and cleaners and coaches and cosmetics and education and financial services, medical, all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking, for example, for a realtor, I can come to my realtor pocket right here. And all I do is just go to the realtor that I want to introduce you to mm. tap on their pitch card. And then I just swipe up and share it with you. And I can text it or send it on email. If you were there in person, I just pull up the QR code and have you scan that and that pitch card will pop up. Or there's this new feature called introduce me. And when I tap that introduce, what that'll do is do a three-way introductory text with that guy right there, his default message that he wants to be introduced with with his pitch card link. And all I have to do is just put in somebody else's name or phone number right there and tap send. What's so my incentive? What's my incentive to introduce people? Do I get paid? Do I, do I get some sort of pay, you know, payback? That, on would, this? Be, mm -hmm. that would be up to, to like this pitch card owner. For example, if, if he's a realtor and he's asking you to introduce him to three or four other people, he could say, yeah, I can give you $10 off your cert or whatever. He, I can give you X, Y, Z. Okay. But that's up to each, each individual pitch card owner, how they want to incentivize people to introduce them. But okay. most of the time, like I get asked all the time, do you know a good doctor? Do you know a good um, uh, uh, title company? Do you know whatever? Yep. And so it's just really easy for it's really easy for me to go to my pockets right here, like a videographer and just tap on that and then just say, you know, what, I'm going to introduce you to Stephen Human here and just tap introduce right there and share you share him with you. And love wherever it. I send it, he'll get to come to life and introduce himself for 59 seconds. I love that. Instead of what I'm doing currently right now, which is, okay, let me cut, let me copy their LinkedIn profile. Let me copy their uh, phone number and address. Then I'll send an right. email. Hey, J hey, Johnny, meet Sue, blah, blah, blah. That's what, I, that's what everybody else is doing. 
Exactly. And and it's just informal. Like if I asked you for a referral or introduction right now, you're like, okay, well, what do you want me to say? And then I, okay, what's your phone number so that I can do that introduction or your email or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it, because it's just like text, it, there's nothing personal about it. There's like, there's no way for me to confirm that as, as a recipient that mm -hmm. like, that's actually a person that you know, or, or recommend or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I, with pitch cards, it just makes everything very personal. And it gives you a reason to be introduced a reason, like a tool to be introduced with. Mm -hmm. And that makes it very simple. So I can send my pitch card out to 15 different customers and say, hey, would you mind each just introducing me to one of your neighbors? Mm -hmm. And all they have to do when they get that pitch card is just tap share and then introduce and do that three-way introduction. Or but they can not, just them if they want. But it's not only for referrals. I mean, you can use it to as a salesperson to just pitch your own company and send it to people as much I mean, as well, right? Even though it wasn't I, the primary purpose. I wish I would have had one of these as a sales rep for my pest control companies mm -hmm. or for the carpet cleaning companies, because at every single customer, it, if they signed up, I would have said, well, there were a lot of them that would say, okay, let me talk to my husband about it later. And then I knew that they were going to butcher my message. I'm like, okay, this is what you got to tell them. Like this is what you got to present it. Because I'm really good at referring and connecting yeah. people, but I'm not great yeah. at doing other people's sales presentations for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so if I can just get their pitch card, let them do their own sales presentation and just do the connecting referral, that's mm -hmm. awesome. That's easy. I can do that all day. Gotcha. The other, the other thing is, I was going to say is with each of these customers, I would have, that I, that bought from me, I would have just said, would you mind just introducing me to both of your neighbors? And I can mm -hmm. give you $10 off your service today if you'll do that. And all they do is just like I showed right there, you can't introduce your own pitch card. Let me go to somebody else's right here. But all they would do is just tap share and then introduce. They don't have to download anything. My pitch card just pops right up and it's fully functional. And then I would also have them save me to their contacts right there. Okay. Now I can't share, I can't pitch my own pitch card. You can, you, you, you can pitch your own pitch card. You just can't introduce yourself. That introduce me feature right there. Oh, I see. I see, I see. You're I the person it. being introduced. Uh, I see. So, I see. Okay. Now I follow yeah. you now. Okay. Very good. Um, how do you make, what's the business model on this deal? Do how, Tell me how you make money on this. So let me show you this. We've got, we've got several different types of pitch cards. The turquoise, they're all color coded. So pit, uh, turquoise pitch cards are for business purposes. These are $15 per month per pitch card. We don't do contracts. We don't have startup fees or anything else. It's just $15 per month per pitch card. Okay. We also have what are called resume pitch cards. And we've got like BYU and UVU and Enzyme College and George Fox University and several other organizations that are partnering with us. They're having all their students create resume pitch cards that are looking for internships or, or job opportunities. And these resume pitch cards allow the person to do a 59 second uh, elevator pitch with their resume right there. It's got all of their contact information and everything. And I can just grab their pitch cards, swipe up and share them with other people. I can swipe down and put them in a pocket if I want, or I can just flip over their pitch card and chat with them right there on the back of their pitch card. Was this, um, this is a, a different revenue channel, right? You weren't planning on doing candidate resume stuff. And this, this came in later, I guess. Well, this was actually one of the first things that we created with pitch 59. After we created the pitch card, we realized that this would be an incredible tool for people to be able to get employment. And I so see. we created these resume pitch cards early on. We actually don't charge for the resume pitch cards. Those are free. So anybody that's looking for a job, they can create a free resume pitch card. If they download the Pitch 59 app and log in, their pit resume pitch card will be waiting for them on their home screen. Why and do you do those for free? What's your objective there? What's the strategy? I mean, it's kind of our premium product. Uh, so a lot of software companies have like a premium software where you get the first amount of time for free or you get a, a specific tool for free for a, a specific amount of time. Resume pitch cards, we wanted to do for free for a couple of reasons. One, to help out the, the employment community, the, all those that are seeking employment. Okay. But two, 
all these people, when they get their jobs, we would love to have them convert that pitch card over to a business pitch card right here. And so right. once they're familiar with, with their pitch card or whatever, it's just really convenient to have them convert over to that right there. Okay. Okay. That. All right. And 15 bucks a month per pitch card per user, no contract, uh -huh. no contract. Yep. Okay. Um, and you, okay. You, you, is it tied to LinkedIn or do you have any like integrations or anything with all these other tools that recruiters are using right now? Like, did, I'm just thinking about as a recruiter, I live on LinkedIn, right? We all live. Yeah. Recruiters live on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. So, My, yeah, you can yeah. use Pitch59 with LinkedIn. You can, all you, all you do is just grab your pitch card copy it right there and go or you can just tap on LinkedIn right there and you can use all these pitch cards on LinkedIn so if I'm looking for a job if I'm if I've got one of these resume pitch cards right here then essentially what I'm doing is I'm grabbing my pitch card and I'm swiping up and I'm going in direct messaging everybody on LinkedIn that I want to work for and sending them my pitch card right here so but I'll, okay all right all right LinkedIn direct message with a link to my pitch card with a link to my pitch card. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, if I'm looking at their profile on LinkedIn as a recruiter, can I see if they have a pitch card somewhere in their profile and click on that? Yeah, they can put it on their profile. Absolutely. On LinkedIn. So they can use their pitch card on LinkedIn. They can also put their, uh, let's see, he doesn't have his on here. They can also put their LinkedIn profile on their pitch card as well. Mm -hmm. Most of them like this, this person does right here. Most of them put their LinkedIn profile on their pitch card as well. So I can just tap on LinkedIn right here and come and check them out on their, on their LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. I like that. All right. So okay. essentially it, the way that you view pitch cards is it's a networking referral tool for everybody to be able to introduce me out to the people that they know. Um, like just for example, yesterday I had a, a friend of mine, his name is Marcus. He I'm going to pull up his pitch card right here. He's a radiation therapist in uh, in uh, Houston, and he's looking for job opportunities to, for management positions in, in different hospitals throughout the West. And anyway, so all I did on his pitch card was I just swiped up on it and I did three introductions for him. I just introduced him to three people that I know that are in the medical space. And then it was awesome to see those conversations carry forward after that. They started introducing them him to people that they know and Anyway, so the whole idea of Pitch 59 is I may not know the perfect person for you to work with, but I know who I can introduce you to that might know somebody else. And then because you get to come to life and introduce yourself and what you do and everything, I don't have to try and sell you for you. All I need is your pitch card and I can just do, do those introductions really easily. It'd be nice if you could <clears throat> incentivize people to make introductions. Yeah. And and we will. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to be built in, in the future where you can commission uh, specific types of actions and that kind of stuff on your pitch card. We're just, we're brand new. And so we, we've got to take things one day at a time. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking about my own business. I'm like, well, if I have a commission sales rep that's working for me at Riderflex and I told him, look, send this out and for every yep. bite, you know, you know, I mean, yeah, yep. that would be great. Mm. 100%. Okay. Okay. I like it. How many, can you tell us how big the company is? How many users you have? Give us the scope here. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, before I do that, I wanted to just show you one other tool here. Okay. We've got these things called job pitch cards, and these oh. allow companies that are hiring to post their job positions on these networkable cards mm. called job cards. Mm. And it's that's where the it's like the reverse of a resume pitch card. It's where those companies get to pitch their job positions. This I like it. Employer relations coordinator. It's got all the compensation benefits and details there. 
And then if I want to share this pitch card with my brother, I can just swipe up and, sh and share that with him. I can swipe down and put it in one of my pockets if I want to keep it for later. Or if I'm interested, I can just tap apply now. And if I have a resume pitch card, it'll send them my resume pitch card as my application. Or I can do it through one of their ATS systems if, if they would prefer. Sweet. Is this, are you leaning towards now a, a job board business? And I mean, it feels like you're, you're headed towards candidates and, and companies and tying them together, even though originally it was a referral for a lot of service businesses. I mean, is it, are you, are you really, yeah, are you purposely headed that way as a job board networking tool? Honestly, our, our goal is to become a referral and networking platform where people can get to know each other and see what they're doing and see if it's something that they want to uh, work with. Okay. And so, our, I mean, yet we've been told several times, this is kind of like the new and improved LinkedIn. And I don't know that we're the exact same type of thing as LinkedIn. Like our, our purpose is a little bit different. We're, we're focused on helping people spread and get connections and referrals to the people that they want to get and be able to introduce themselves to them with this tool. But it's also that I, I, I would be lying if I said that one of one of the reasons that we created Pitch 59 was not to compete with like the Yelps and Googles and home advisors of the world. Because like if you if you look for carpet cleaning, for example, on Pitch 59, and you hear all of these people that are in those businesses come to life and talk to you for 59 seconds, it's just such a better experience than going on and seeing everybody that has a four and a half, five star rating nowadays. And just you never know what's real, what's fake, what's what's surreal. And so on Pitch 59, everything is just real. It's like you're meeting real people that do real services. You meet the people that are going to be coming in your home so that you're going to be going into their offices. We don't allow for models, actors, uh, fake animation. Like it's all people, real people. Okay, okay, okay. All right. No models, no actors. You can't, I can't hire somebody to do my Rider Flex pitch. No, you got, when you do your pitch, and when you do your pitch, let me show you this. You I think that's great. Edit. I think that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's Man, how are you going to police that? How, what if I just call and tell you, like, yeah, Susie works for me? I mean. So it, it, that's fine. It's not like we're going to monitor that real closely. We just want people in general to just, like, just show up as who you are. Like, don't okay. don't try to be somebody else. Okay. When you tap on that little edit icon above your pitch card there, that little pencil icon. Yeah. It lets you do your pitch right there. And you, you can re-record your pitch whenever you want. It'll open up your camera. We've got, like, pitch tips on here to help you do a great pitch. We've got pitch topics okay. that will give you okay. ideas of things to talk about. We also have a built-in teleprompter. You can write out your pitch right here and just record it. Love it. Okay, you can love also schedule it. Schedule a professional video, virtual video shoots, or you can schedule a professional videographer, or you can just upload your pitch right there. If you're um, all right, very good. I I love the idea. Uh, I was want I wanted to ask you about users, number of users, and size yeah. of company, and then I want to ask about competition and things like that. How how big is the company right now, if you don't mind? Yeah, so we've got uh, just on our team, we've got five developers and eight employees with our company. We're just a small company right now. Um, we are just at the beginning of our, our adventure here. Last last month, we onboarded, I think, around 335 uh, new pitch cards. Nice. And so we're, we're really looking to expand and grow that. We want to be able to add thousands and thousands each month, but we're just starting out here. I would think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you basically, because you said you just went live with your final product. Well, it's never really... When you're in tech, it's never really final, is it? But you went live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sellable product in April, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so you're still, quote, burning cash, so to speak, right now. So you're not you're not near profitability or anything yet. No. Nope. Um, um, are you in a cash raise? Are you looking for additional investors? Where are we at with that? 
Yeah, we're raising an angel round right now of two hundred fifty thousand. We've got some of that already received, um, but okay. we're just essentially looking using this two hundred fifty thousand to get to where we can break even. And then at that point, we've we've got several venture capital firms that are watching us really closely right now and seeing if we can get to a certain number in MRR. Um, and then if we can do that, then we'll 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 just kind of see. We're not we're not going out and trying to raise 50 million dollars next month it's we're just going to see what happens and and we're going to try and do this the, for the most part ourselves but we're open to uh, to feedback and guidance from people that are smarter than us and so okay translation jeff's not paying himself any salary from this right now i uh, yeah you you do not want to see what my income is right now <laughs> oh man your wife's probably like okay she hates me. Yes. That's, <laughs> she, she, she totally agrees and is so bought in as well, but she hates the fact that she's like, Jeff, it would be really nice if you just had a consistent job, <laughs> know, but uh, uh, that's not you. I mean, she, she knew um, that when she married you, that'll never, that'll never happen. You going to be like a regular W2 employee somewhere like that's never going to happen. She, so <laughs> Conrad Hilton said the danger of pension and security plans is that it tempts a young man to settle in a rut named security rather than go out and find his own rainbow. Mm. And that is, that is like me to the, the reason that that resonates so much with me is I'm like, I'm like this inner free bird that I just want to go see what I can do. I just, I'm the type that I'll go and jump off a cliff and find out if the parachute opens or not. <laughs> and I, like, I recognize that I've got a lot of weaknesses because of that. Um, I've got some, I mean, it takes some risk-minded people like that in the world to, to make differences. But I mean, you've got to have a certain level of stupidity to do, um, to do these kinds of things. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, okay. Is your goal to have LinkedIn tap you on the shoulder at some point and buy you or is there, is there a master plan or right now you're just like, Hey man, I'm just trying to get this going. My goal is to tap LinkedIn on the shoulder and say, Hey, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where it'll go. We we want to see millions and millions of people using pitch cards and getting introductions and referrals to people and being able to use the pitch card network to get to know other people and refer each other back and forth um, as real human beings, as real people. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we're, we're just we're just going along the ride and we'll see where it takes us. We don't know. Okay. I can send as many pitch cards as I want. 15 bucks a month. I get a pitch card. I can send I could send a thousand pitches to, as, uh, for my business if I want to. I promise you, Steve, if you use your pitch card, it'll be the most effective uh, piece of advertising or form of advertising and networking referrals that you'll ever spend. Like you'll get a way better return on pitch 59 if you use your pitch. If you don't use it, I can't give you any guarantee. If you use it, it'll be phenomenally uh, productive for you. You know what my partner is using right now? I don't think this is a competitor to you. Not really. Uh, he, he will create videos using something called Vidyard. Yeah. And then and then he'll take the link from Vidyard and put it into the email, yep. which is, you know, a little more clunky, I would think, than what you've developed. It is. It, so it's it's different. Vidyard has its has its purpose and its and its uh, goal. Um, Pitch 59 is just different where we're just not we're not just like a direct marketing advertising platform. This is like your referral and introduction tool. Whenever you want people to introduce you, you send them your pitch card. Um, people have asked us, like, who's your competition? And it's really hard to nail down one specific competitor because we've, we've got like a whole bunch of companies that you could say are competitors, but they're not really direct competitors either. So Vidyard, mm -hmm. Vimeo, uh, YouTube, any video platform, sure, they do video. Ours is specifically a pitch platform where you get 59 seconds to deliver your elevator pitch. Okay. Um, uh, okay. All right. 
who owns the uh, content? Are you storing all these videos somewhere? Is it is it the users? Is it yours? Is it shared? We store all of it on the Pitch 59 platform. So we've got, we use AWS for our hosting platform and then we use Mox for our video. And um, so we, we store all of the pitch cards. So when people, uh, that's the nice thing is you don't have to, it's not eating up your own space. It's not taking up your own um, um, server space or anything like that. Everything is stored on Pitch 59. You just have this app that you can use everywhere. You can network with everybody else that has a pitch card and, and refer business back and forth to each other. But then you can ask all of your customers and all the people that know you to just send your pitch card out for you to other people. But the receiver of my pitch does not have to be signed up for pitch card to watch any of this. When they get the link, they can see it. That's that's one of the best things about Pitch 59 is if I sent you my pitch card right now and you've never heard of Pitch 59, it'll pop right up on your screen, on your desktop, laptop, on your phone, whatever. And it's fully functional. You can watch my pitch. You can contact me. You can share me. You can watch all of my testimonials. Everything is completely functional. Is all this stuff super secret, patented, trademarked, blah, blah, blah? Like, how are you going to protect yourself from LinkedIn looking at this going, oh, that's cool. Let's make one of those. <laughs> uh, I think, well, LinkedIn would be foolish to pivot from where they are if they know uh, how effective their platform is. And so um, the we have some stuff that we're talking with trade with patent attorneys right now. Okay. But um, on the other hand, in the software space, it's it's a little bit different animal where people can make small tweaks and and it's good. And so really our, our goal is to just go big, go hard, go faster and do it better and, and with more passion than anybody else. I mean, that's it. Speed to market. Yeah. Speed and, to market. And just do it really well. Just like we want business, small business owners across the world, not just small business owners. We've got a bunch of big banks and a bunch of big organizations that are signing up with us. But really, we built Pitch 59 to stand up, give everybody a level playing field, give everybody a fair chance to compete. On Pitch 59, nobody can pay more than another person to get ranked up higher on our search carousel. Like every time there's a new search done, and it's you'll also notice it's a horizontal carousel. It's not a vertical top to bottom type of list. And the reason for that is because we don't want people to be subconsciously biased. If you search for a carpet cleaner on there, we don't want people to think, oh, the top five companies are the best ones. On Pitch 59, it's a horizontal carousel. So you just swipe through and everybody looks the exact same. It's just their turn to come to center stage and present to you. How, and turn, so, when you say turn, their turn, how's that decided? Some algorithm in there? It just, it rotates the, the order every single time there's a new search done. And so we don't give every, anybody special preference on Pitch 59. You can use your pitch card as much as you want to network and get out there. And that's awesome. But we don't we don't pick the winners and losers like other oh, platforms do. Interesting. Okay. I love it, man. I love the idea. I, I think at this point, I know you know this, at this point, you just need to make sure everybody knows about you, right? Yeah. You just got to scream it to the world, which is part of the reason you're on the podcast. We really appreciate <laughs> that, Steve. That That is our biggest challenge is, People need to know that there's this new pitch card out there that they can use as their own business card, but it's a the true purpose of a pitch card is for referrals and introductions and getting people to introduce you to other people that they want you that they want to be introduced to. I think when you add in the incentive to to refer, yeah, you're gonna spark even more yeah. users. Um, okay, yeah. very good. Pitch59.com. Pitch59.com. I love it, Jeff. Uh, congrats on what you've uh, done so far, my friend. And hey, you got the guts to 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 do it. You got all those mouths to feed at home. You got those 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 children. Like, okay, Dad, come on, Dad. We need a lot of pitch cards on the platform to provide for our own family. So please join. <laughs> grab your pitch cards. Uh, just go to pitch59.com and and get a pitch card. It's it's awesome. You're gonna love it, and uh, we look forward to helping you grow too.